Oh, I haven't had cider in so long. That's nice. Great job. Mmm. Little treat. I wasn't ready to start the game. They passed the ball to me. I got tackled. They scored. Oh. Thanks for that. Oh, look at them dancing. <clears throat> I know, cunt. What's that ponytail about? It's they like... both modelled their player on Ronaldinho. Ronald, Ronaldinho's fine, but they're not going to be that good. <sighs> this is Ben's bedtime stories. Hey, Ben. Hello. Okay. Let's get right into it. Um... So I was looking for one of the last essays I have to do for my degree this year. It's just a creative writing piece. So I was looking for an idea and I came across this story and it's fucking brilliant. I mean, it's not, it's awful, but it's brilliant. Um, so I'm going to tell you the story of the angel makers of Nagreve. I'm assuming you've not heard of it. No. Okay. So um, this is set in Hungary, which is part of... Europe? It's in the continent of Europe, yeah. I don't know about their political affiliations, but... I will tell you, there was a political <coughs> upheaval. So, Hungary, 1910. Um, in central Hungary, there is a farming village called Nagreve, which Hungary is just having some issues, and in this village alone, there is crushing poverty like it's just not a good place to be right now so it's a farming town to the southeast of budapest there's about 800 people and its community was tightly bound and the amenities simple amenities amenities simple you cannot tell this is a copy and paste job so one night this woman called mrs takax but no, I don't have to pronounce your names. Um, her husband's beat her up. Husbands? Her husband has. It's an apostrophe. <laughs> her that husband. didn't sound like that. It sounded like her husband's her beat her up. Her multiple husbands. Like they, they all just rounded on her like, oh, I'm fucking sick of Jane. <laughs> her husband has beat her up. So she goes to the local midwife to go and get medical treatment. And this midwife treats her wounds and says to her, look, I know how you can take care of your husband for good. So this midwife is called Mrs. Fazekas. Fazekas. How would you say that? F-A-Z-E-K-A-S. Fazekas. Fazekas, yeah. Fazekas. Mrs. Fazekas. Fazekas. It could be anything. I don't know. I should have... I'm not overly familiar with... Hungarian names. Hungarian pronunciations. We'll go with Fazekas because I can remember it. Fazekas sounds mm. about right. She was. The only frame of reference I have with that is there was a very famous a football. Hungarian footballer called Puskas. Puskas. So. Puskas. Puskas. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, so Fazekas makes sense. Fazekas. Yeah, we'll go with that. Or maybe Fizikus. No, I can't just, pronounce we'll that. We'll, we'll just go ahead and move so, on. So, she was a middle-aged... Uh. Can you please not? <laughs> what are you feeding me? <laughs> she was a middle-aged midwife who arrived in the Greaves in 1911. Um, she has a husband, but her husband is missing and doesn't know where he is. I don't know the ending of that, so just make up that what you will. Nagreve 
the village hasn't got any hospital or any doctors. Um, she is their only person with medical experience in the village. So everyone kind of goes to her for their problems. And she says to Mrs. Takax, if there's a problem with him, I have a simple solution. How do you spell Takax? T-A-K-A-C-S. More like to be Takash. Takash? Okay, well, if I pronounce it wrong, just Takash me. So, what was this simple sol- solution? Just save up a couple of hundred and get yourself a scooter. Exactly. Um, she would... <laughs> for, for, for context, my dad, who will never listen to this podcast anyway, so it's fine. No, it's fine. When I was complaining about not being able to afford to get the bus, and he said, well, you know, the simple solution is that one. Save up a couple of hundred quid and get yourself a little moped. So but anytime... I couldn't afford the bus. So how could you afford a moped? So anytime there is a problem in our lives now, me and Ben go... Simple solution. Simple solution. This is her simple solution, and it's fucking brilliant. Um, I'm sorry, you're going to need to put your feminist hat on for this, Ben. Um, no. I'm putting mine on. It's pink and it's glittery. And yours never comes off. No, it doesn't. She got some flypaper and she boiled it in a pot of water. And then she skimmed the top of this liquid off and um, bottled it and gave it to this woman. It's arsenic that they used to use in flypaper. They don't use it anymore, but that's what they did. So she skims off the arsenic residue and gives it to her and sends her on her way. Two days later... The husband's mi- deed. Mm, Mrs. Fizak's... Fizakas? I can't pronounce... Fizakas. I don't know. Spell it again. F-A-Z-E-K-A-S. Fizakas? Fizakas. Mrs. Fizakas watches Mr. Takak's funeral procession from her front porch he reportedly died from a heart attack so to get a bit of an understanding this is what life in the early 18 1900s in hungary was like so um older men were married off to like teenage women and the young girl had her husband picked for her by her family she was forced to accept her parents choice the men were a lot older there was no light. It was all arranged. Um, the men spent long hours doing manual labour on the fields. And they wanted a wife who would cook and clean and raise kids. It wasn't very romantic. And um, they were not allowed a divorce back then, even if the husband was abusive. So a lot of the men at this time were abusive and were alcoholics. And they would drink to escape their life that they lived in poverty and would end up taking out their frustrations on their wives. So it was very common for women to just be bad all the time. So 1914 now and it's World War One, and all the men are called off to fight um, in the war. And the women are alone now and they have to do all of the manual work on the fields. They have to go and sell the crops. They've got to do it all on their own. They've got to raise the kids, clean the house, cook. They've got to do it all. Was there, like, no men left then? No, because World War One, it was like, um, what do they call it? It was compulsory. You had to go. They needed everyone. So they all went. They left. There was no men. Okay. 
However, can you not? It was empty. It's fine. Okay. So this is at this point. I dropped point... a beer can. We've got to remember this is not a TV oh, yeah, show. No. You don't want to see this. This is not fun. Um, this is the most freedom these women have ever had. They're in charge. They're getting on with life. They're realising they have to do it all. They have to work and, and raise the home. And they're, they're not being beaten. So they're quite happy about that. However, in rural Nagreev, it was a good place for um, the army to hold allied prisoners of war because they lived in an isolated village with loads of space around it. Um, and the prisoners of war had limited freedom within this village to the point they started doing the married women. <laughs> <laughs> Some women took three or four lovers at a time. Excusez-moi. Uh -huh, they were loving this. Because you got to think, like, these are guys... Ah, like, all my husband's enemies, lovely. Yeah, but they're younger guys who they have no commitment to, so they can't beat them. They're just hooking up for sex. And it's probably a guy that's in his 20s rather than, like, some bloke in his 50s who gets drunk every night and beats her ass, like... Yeah, I guess. So it was... I feel probably... like you're a little bit too happy about this arrangement. Well, I shouldn't be because it gets worse, but here we go. So, um, obviously, the time of when this happened and all this sex going on, it led to then Pregnancies. Yes, that they couldn't do because not only could they not afford to feed all these mouths, they can't really be having babies and then the husbands come back years later and be like, hey, this is my new one. I mean, you can't do that because then they're going to get even beaten more, aren't they? So, they um, they went to Mrs. Fazika's to offer her where she would offer them an abortion. Um, abortions were illegal, and she actually was arrested ten times between 1911 and 1921 for performing illegal abortions. But every time that she was arrested, she was acquitted because the judges were sympathetic because um, she's the only doctor in the grieve, so they let her come back. Um, 1918, the wars ended, and some of the men returned to the grieve, but they're not the same, obviously, because um, they're deeply changed by what's happened, being on the front lines, and they've obviously got PTSD that wasn't a thing back then, like, labelled, so they were dealing with all of that. They had injuries that they hadn't recovered from, so they came back not good. Um, but the women have learned how to live without their husbands by this point, so they realise we don't need them. And they've had these romantic flings with these prisoners of war, and they're like, actually, do you know what, we've got our own lives going on now. We're quite happy with this. Um, they didn't have to spend their lives bound to these drunk, violent, or crippled husbands. So... They resented this, the fact that these men came back, because it meant they couldn't be as independent anymore and they didn't have the sexual freedom that they had. So um, many of the women who were going to the doctor, who's a midwife, um, were sort of offlaying their problems and saying about how, you know, crap their husbands were and obviously went back to getting beaten and stuff. And because she was sympathetic and listened to them, she said, I have a solution a for you. A simple solution, you might have. Yeah. She gives them the same solution of arsenic poisoning. She only makes them pay what they can afford, completely dependent between each woman, just what they can do. Um, she says you put it in their food or drink and it can't be traced in a corpse. So they think, 
this is the fucking way out. I'm going to do this, get my own life. Um, so she ensures them, you're not going to be in any trouble. Don't worry, it'll be passed off. There's like a heart attack. Don't worry about it. There's no other medical experts in the village to examine these bodies. So they are all ruled as heart attacks. Um, and the word spreads and the midwife's customer base starts to expand. And these women are all out for getting freedom. So women start coming to her own secret. And the death number of the village slowly, death toll. The death toll slowly climbs. And the men just start dropping like flies. <laughs> So, this way I know, I'm really sorry. So, so the townspeople who realise that these otherwise healthy men are starting to die off are starting to get a bit superstitious. And they obviously... What suspicious? You, what did I say? Superstitious? So, uh, well, okay, maybe it would be superstitious. Because what do you think they would have thought it was back then? Oh, like... God and stuff. Witchcraft! It was definitely right, witchcraft okay. doing this. Um... Single men actually started refusing to get married because they were so scared of being married and being killed off. So the marriage rate absolutely just died. <clears throat> so people just stopped getting married at this point. Um, and these women started referring to themselves in their secret little circle as the angel makers. That's where the nickname came from. So they had some rules for this group. It couldn't just be anyone. Um, there was no single women allowed in this group. Um, no women married to good men they weren't allowed to be in it you couldn't just get rid of your husband for the sake of it and they were only allowed to kill abusive husbands no killing women or children and you're also not allowed to talk about it to anyone else who isn't in the angel makers so it had to be kept fairly quiet um, however the demand for her services is so great that she needs more help so she enlists the help of this woman called Susie Ola and Ola had poisoned her much older husband in exactly the same way when she was 18. So I guess they were just destined to be together, these two. Like, they just knew how to get rid of all the men. Um, Ola's son-in-law was the village's only coroner. So he started signing off all the death certificates and they were written off as heart attacks, as drownings, because one poison body was tossed into the river they were signed off as a disease or from alcoholism. And this goes on for the next 10 years. But they just get rid of those they don't want. Um, but... Fucking hell, you'd be well nervous every time you had a domestic, wouldn't you? Mm. Anyway, honey, I'm just going to cook some dinner. Yeah. No, you fucking well aren't. <laughs> Maud. Maud? <laughs> <laughs> however this is where it starts to turn bad because <clears throat> they've sort of got this power now that is going like wait hang on how many people were dead at this point um i'm not entirely sure but roughly roughly i think it, it, during the whole of the story about 300 people were killed all right at this point though because mm -hmm. you said during the whole of this story yeah how is this where it starts to go bad when there's countless, all right, bit of bastard men, but mm -hmm. they were dead. Let's mm -hmm. not fucking, do you know what I mean? Okay, so. God, you're annoying me tonight. Why am I annoying you? you're going fucking full feminist. Like, it's only just starting to get bad. There's probably about 200 innocent, reasonably innocent men That's dead. not in, I'm so. I am absolutely sorry. We cannot call someone who butters their wife daily innocent. 
That's not innocent. Babe. Whose word have we got for that? The murderers. Whoa, stop! <laughs> right. Okay. They they do turn bad. So. So. No, they're already bad. They kill people. Okay. <clears throat> Just because they... they kill bad people doesn't mean they're not bad people. Okay. So even we're going... Batman has a code. Batman has a code. Yeah, he doesn't kill people, does he? That's a bullshit code, man. He needs to does stop he that. Kill people, if he just killed like Joker kill or he just fucking knocks them out and then like you know and then they come back and, and then, then they blow and the then boat saves full of Gotham. people. No, that's the not boat how did it not works. get blown up. The boat did. The boat didn't get blown up. The boat fucking blew up. The boat didn't get blown up. Don't watch that film again. Yeah, you do. Nah. Right. Well, he blew up the hospital. Uh, yeah, hospital of kids, no doubt. Mass murder. He'd already been evacuated. Had Batman gone there first? Could be wrong. Then, you know, could have... Look, could have... Right, but these women kids. aren't Batman, okay? These they're are, Batman. They're self-serving, all yeah. right? They, definitely. That's exactly the word. Because they realise they've got this power now, they start um, killing out of greed, convenience, and boredom. And they start ignoring the original code of the Angel Makers... They start killing unwanted lovers. They start killing elderly parents who were just a burden to care for. <laughs> they kill their elderly parents because they could inherit money or land. They kill annoying relatives just because they're pissing them off. They start killing children who were a burden to feed and they start killing the disabled. Not so cool. You, no. No, but when all the men are dead, you're okay with it. You're such look, a lesbian. Look. Only the men who are battering their wives, they fully deserve to die. No, they deserve to get battered. Surely that's how equality works. A lifetime of battering? Yeah. Rest them, chuck them in prison and fucking beat them every day for all I care. Don't kill them. Okay, right. One person called Marie Cardos murdered her husband, her lover and her 23-year-old son. And she said, and this is where it gets kind of grim, just before he died, her son... She got him to sing for her. Knowing he was poisoned, she listened to his sweet voice. And in the midst of his song, he clutched his stomach and soon was dead. That's kind of psychotic. To yeah, Kill the... someone, yes, Andrea. Mm. It's a problem when people die, even if they're men. I knew you'd have a problem with this. Look, it's not men, it's violent men. No, but it's your attitude with. I have a problem I with. I have a problem with. Another woman called Maria Varga killed seven members of her family. Because there's about 200 odd people dead at one point. You're like, nah, well, this is where it starts to get bad. Stop it. She considered the death of her husband in particular a Christmas present to herself. (laughs) It must have been one shitty husband if that's your Christmas present. But, I mean, maybe he was. So, yeah, so what started out as self-defence turns to greed. And the bodies start piling up. And Negreve earns the nickname the Murder District. So clearly people knew what was going on. So yeah, around 300 people were killed. Um, Frightened villagers started sending anonymous letters to the local authorities saying they'd have family members killed and weren't sure what was going on. Um, They think they were poisoned, but not sure. But because there's no hard proof, nothing can be done. So... A turning point came in 1929 when Hungary finished its 10-year census and the official study in the statistics noticed the death rate for the village of Negreve was unusually high. No fucking shit. So they start a major investigation and they obviously realised that the average sort of 
like the the average of the people that are dying it's normally healthy men that are dying so um there is a woman called mrs sabo and she sells poison to her neighbor and this neighbor is putting the poison in her husband's wine and he catches her doing it so she confesses to the police yeah it was it was my neighbor that sold it to me and they go to her neighbor mrs sabo who says not only did i kill my husband i also killed my brother and you need these names julius Fasakas and Susie ola the two head angel makers so they are arrested and brought in for questioning they deny it and they convince the police they have nothing to do with it and are released but the police place them under surveillance so mrs julius Fasakas was shaken by this arrest and was like shit i need to do something so she begins to visit all of the angel makers homes one by one and to warn them that the game was up and they need to be really careful don't talk to the police about this but obviously they were being followed so the police were noting down every single house that they went to which meant that the police knew every single fucking person's house that was involved in this circle um there was a woman called balink Cordas, who was an angel maker, she went to Budapest to go and ask a chemist, um, can arsenic be traced in the body? I wonder how that conversation went down. Like, why would you be asking about that? But Yeah, yeah. like, what would you cover me for that? <laughs> Just if, in case I'm going to use some arsenic and kill someone. What was arsenic used I be able before to you were killing that? people with it? Well, it was used in flypaper to kill flies. How many flies does an arsenic... A piece of flypaper kill and, and the equivalent of how many flies to one male like how did that conversation go down but she says the, the chemist says to her like uh yeah you can find it in the hair and fingernails like it's a thing it it doesn't leave the body which went completely against what mrs Fasakas had told the women so that night and i think this is fucking brilliant <laughs> 13, <laughs> 13 more, more dead women men. yeah no 13 of the women... You said yes first, though. What did I... What were you asking? More dead men. Mm. No, no more dead people. Um, okay, no, that's a lie. There's more dead people. So, 13 widows... Mm. Not men, it's fine. Um, 13 widows that night all meet at the Negreve Cemetery. <laughs> and their plan is they're going to dig up the headstones in the graves... And swap them so that when the police exhume the bodies, the people who were killed by arsenic will be under like different headstones and they won't know. It's clever to be fair. <laughs> Isn't it great? But obviously they're being followed by the police, so their plan is foiled. They only manage to swap a few and all the women scatter and the police are like, right, let's start exhuming these bodies right away. Out of 50 bodies that they dig up, 46 test positive for arsenic. So they were doing it a while. Um, not only were the bodies found positive for arsenic, but they found the bottles that were used with the arsenic in the coffins. And they found like bread or cake that had been tampered with where arsenic had been added to it that they threw into the graves as well. Like all that evidence. Um, so the police go to Mrs. Fazaka's house to arrest her. She sees them come in towards her house and she takes a bottle of her own arsenic and downs it. And she dies before the police can arrest her. Um, out of 
100 people who were arrested. 26 women were put on trial. A grocer from a nearby town testified that more flypapers were sold in the grieve than the rest of Hungary. <laughs> they were killing so many people. Um, You're giddy about I'm this. sorry. It's, There's look, a really okay. unhealthy feminist layer to this episode, and I'm not <laughs> all right about it. Like I'm just amazed. Every that, other like, episode, the when people when people are dying, you're like, I'm like oh, look, no, this is, this is look, bad. Let's take the victim I seriously. feel bad. Yeah, and now that today you're like, <laughs> yeah, fuck men. Fucking hell. Look, it's not aimed at you, Ben. I'm it's cooking tomorrow. That's all I'm you saying. You're in your face. So see, I try and do something nice, like cook for you, and you've still got a problem with it. Oh my god, this is the wrong person to tell the story to. It is the wrong. Um, unless you beat women, you don't need to feel uh, personally attacked by this. Yeah, well, I don't. But the point is, <laughs> our, we don't have any proof that every single one of those men beat women. Look, the the women and the children and the and the good husbands and that absolutely they don't deserve to die. But the the husbands that would beat their women exactly countless fucking today, people were fuck good husbands and still died there, or just like you know that was unwanted bad. lovers. So like someone's given somebody the old fucking wham bam thank you ma'am and it weren't quite up to the girl's standards Didn't, so she killed him off it. and you're sitting there giddy I'm not laughing at that because you don't like men you're a lesbian oh stop it so anyway out of the people that got arrested 12 were found guilty um some of them were given life sentences and 8 of them were sentenced to death including Susie Ola and her sister Balint Kordzars, who had gone to the chemist, and a few others killed themselves in prison. And basically, the women just didn't stop them. They were like, okay, off you go, like, go, go. Um, and yeah, so some of them, the rest of them, I guess, stayed in prison for the rest of their lives that did get sent down. And in 2004, Maria Gunya, who had been a little girl when the angel makers made their mark on the grieve, told the BBC rather slyly that after the poisonings, the men's behaviour towards their wives improved markedly. And that is the story of the Angel Makers of Magree. No, you're not happy with it, but I think that was quite a good one. You, I, I, right, the story in itself is interesting. It is interesting. Your telling of it was frightening. Because you were not in, in the least bit concerned about the men that died there. I don't think many of the women were actually in court either. I think a lot of the things I read about this, they were saying that they were almost bored when they were in court. It was almost like a, when are we going to get to leave here? It was a, they genuinely thought that what they did was the right thing. And because it was self-defence, it was like, yeah, so. But obviously, when that power goes unchecked, they just got too ahead of themselves and were like, like almost like drunk for power. Because they've then... I still don't think you should kill people because they beat women. Like it's not good to beat women, but let them have a proper day in court. I know but that back then would they have had a proper day in court? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't think that's. I think the at the time it was very different. So had they have maybe stuck to their rules about only killing abusive husbands? Yeah, I guess I'm applying today's logic, but yeah, and and it's wartime as well. Let's not forget how many other people were dying all around the world. Yeah. For, a, I mean, I don't even know what reasons. World War One was about. You don't know what World War One was about. No, I know what World War Two was all about. But what was World War One for? You don't understand what World War One was right. Okay, I'm going to find you some World War One stories, and maybe that's what we'll do next week. How do you not know what World War One? I don't was? know. I just know we fought the Germans. 
World War One was like, oh, it was nasty, but it was grim. But you don't think of like concentration camps. You think of World War One, you think of like Battle of the Somme and like. Um, yeah, I know that the there was battles and there and stuff. And, but why did we fight Germany? What was the? I'm going to do that for next week. Maybe. Do you know? You don't know, do you? I don't think Hitler was in power then. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He fought in World War One. Yeah, but yeah, because oh my god, because he got his. Um, he got into power because he basically rebuilt Germany after the First World War. The person who presented him with his medal from World War One was a Jew. I know that for a fact. Yeah, because he's Austrian, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it was. Well, it was yeah, but yeah. Um... <sighs> that was underwhelming. If I'd have told that to a girl, that would have been a great story. Oh, yeah, you'd have a little <laughs> fucking girl power moment and then finger yes! each other. Uh, yeah, we fucking would have done. See, I told you. And we would have done lesbian. it right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Finish the episode yourself. <laughs> Fuck you, that's out of order. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you anymore. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I hope you enjoyed it out there. I thought it was a great story. Apart from killing. You can't kill good people, that's not good. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.